Praise the Lord, child of God. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you with the Word of God. Amen. Again, we're diving into the book of Acts, looking at some great principles out of the Word of God. Amen. That Principles that we can live by, praise God. So today, we're going to go to chapter 9 of the book of Acts. Chapter 9, please. And we're going to read uh, some things about this man named Saul, who's then later changed to Paul. Amen. And so we're going to go to verse 1. It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, in other words, the way of, in the way of Jesus, there are of the way, I should say, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Obviously, he knew who it was, right? And that, that's just silly to me. Who are you, Lord? Right? So he obviously knew who was talking. And then the Lord said to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So obviously, God had already been talking to him. He'd already been trying to steer him straight, and he's been warned against it. That's what that means. So obviously, he's already been kind of, you know, getting this these subtle hints or whatever, and uh, he's never, not given heed to any of it. So he trembled, and uh, so trembling and astonished, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city. Uh, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. All right. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him in, into Damascus. And he was uh, three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now we'll maybe come back to some of this maybe later. What I want to talk to you today about is being led by the Spirit of God. And quite frankly, I don't know if there's anybody better uh, to learn this from. It's probably, probably other than, uh, than Paul, praise God. Amen. And so what we're going to do today, um, we're, going to, um, we're going to take some time through the book of Acts. First, I want to go to Romans 8 and read something that Paul wrote. And then we're going to come back here and we're going to look at all the different ways. And actually, I believe there's like eight or nine of them different ways that God led him, different ways that God uh, supernaturally led him to do what he was called to do, all right? And I thought that was going to help you and me as a child of God, uh, because in Romans 8, if you go there, let's look at this. Now, I hope you came with an ear to hear today. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Romans 8 and verse 14, a key verse, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, the word led here is referring to uh, being influenced by or inspired by or induced. Uh, uses words like uh, uh, to, uh, to keep on, to keep up or follow on. So in other words, it's talking about hearing and following. Okay, it's kind of what it's talking about. So to be led means you got to hear and you got to be willing to follow. Okay, because if you're not following, you're not really being led then. Okay. So uh, anyway, so to be led by the Spirit of God, that's what we're going to talk about today, to be led by the Spirit of God. 
These then are the sons of God, which that word is weos, which mean, means really mature ones. And I think I'm just going to toss this in here uh, since I got your attention here. Uh, but weos, uh, you know, we're talking about a maturity. What determines the maturity of a believer? Is it really the length of time they've been saved? No, nah, because you got a lot of people been saved maybe 30, 40 years and still act like little babies in the nursery. All right, so we know that's not the case. So what it is, it's about how well you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, how well you're going to hear and follow, praise God. It's going to determine some maturity. It's not the only thing, but definitely a pretty key thing, praise God. So that's what we're going to talk about. If you back up here, I think it'd be good for us to read this uh, just because of where we're going today. Verse 11, maybe we'll kind of jump in here. Uh, we, I, I love Romans 8, amen, but uh, we're going to jump into like verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, all right? So the Spirit of God's in you, right? He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit, who He repeats Himself, who dwells in you, praise God. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, in other words, or, or by the flesh, we're in alliance with the flesh. Okay, now listen. But if you but if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you uh, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, and this is and you will live. In fact, if you back up further in there, he's talking about uh, you know being uh, keeping your mind uh, you know renewed, amen, and so that you can live according to amen the spirit of God and not according to the flesh. You kind of back up in this chapter, okay. Anyway, it goes on, but as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage, okay, again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself, here we go, bears witness with our spirit, which is going to be a key word here today, okay, that we are, here we go, children of God. Now, that word is technon, which just means son by birth. So this is a different word than it said earlier about the sons of God, which is mature ones. This one here is, uh, talks about being uh, part of the family of God, okay? That we are children of God. And if we're children of God, right, then we're heirs of God, right? Heirs of God. And here we go, join heirs with Christ. And it says, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. And that word suffer with him just means experience persecution. It really refers to the willingness uh, to press through things. That's what he's talking about there. So he says that all of this is available if you're just willing to press through and keep going. But the key with all of it, what determines it, is being led by the Spirit of God. That's what he's talking about. If you will lead, if you, pardon me, if you will yield to the Spirit of God, amen, he will walk you through all this. You won't be then yielding to the flesh. Instead, the Spirit leads, praise God. The Spirit uh, dominates and dictates your everyday living. So I thought, amen, uh, today, we're going to go back to the book of Acts, and we're going to look at Paul's life and how many different ways that God led him. And, and then what it does is it just start, kind of gives us some ideas about how God leads, amen. I mean, no, He doesn't just lead by one way and one way only, amen. There's all kinds of ways that God leads us as, uh, as children of God. And I'm going to tell you this too. I'm not even going to be able to mention all of them. Amen. I'm just going to give you the ones that we find in the book of Acts. Amen. Or at least the ones that I have found. Amen. You might in your studies find some others. Amen. But the key ones I want to look at are the ways that God led Paul 
in the course of ministry, amen, and how we can be led or take example of that in us being led, amen. So back to the book of Acts. Let's go back to that chapter, um, chapter 9 again. And, um, and I'm just going to kind of show you the first one here. Hallelujah. Now, if you recall, maybe I'm going I'm to toss this out here. Um, uh, the Word says that you can be led, all right? I, might, might, I just kind of need to bring that out, all right? So John chapter 10, real clear. Jesus said, you know, that my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. They follow my voice, all right? That's just key. Now, the reason I say that, and the reason I think it's necessary to bring that out, because I've heard a lot of people say over the years, I, I just can't hear God. I just, I just, I just, you know, can't get this thing. I just can't follow. I just don't get it. I don't, I never hear God. I never, they have all kinds of things. But you have to understand, um, you can hear God. You just got to settle down a little bit. Get still. All right. Now, in previous message, we talked about, you know, uh, about, you know, being in the presence of God and what that means. And so we're talking about, uh, you know, just getting still with God a little bit. Now, the scriptures are clear. God talks to us all the time. In fact, in Hebrews 3 and uh, Hebrews 4, we see references where he says, today, if you will hear his voice. Why? Because he's talking daily. All right? Amen. Don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion, it goes on to say. But you hear. You take the time. You hear. And again, we're talking about being led. So that means hearing and following. All right? You get into Hebrews 12. He talks about, you know, God that speaks to them. Amen. Do not do, don't reject the one that's talking to you. Amen. Don't reject the voice that comes from heaven. Amen. When God is talking to you, praise God, follow it. Amen. And the whole thing in context here in Hebrews, he's talking about how, uh, you know, the same thing that happened to children of Israel can happen to you. If you keep rejecting what he's trying to say to you, all right, then you're going to end up in the same kind of mess. You're going to be wandering around in some wilderness. You know, uh, nobody wants that mess. All right. So we're talking about a people, or I'm, actually I should say it this way, I'm talking to a people, all right, who can be led by God, who can hear God and can follow God. You have that ability, all right? So I don't want to hear anything out of y'all that's telling me you can't hear God, all right? No, you just settle down, all right? Get your, you know, your thing tuned in, your, you know, get the frequency in, you know, it's like old radios, you know, we used to Years ago, you know, it wasn't this digital stuff. You know, you had to sit here and actually work a dial, try to dial into that frequency, you know. Sometimes it's the way it is with hearing God. You know, uh, scriptures even bring out and talk about, you know, uh, uh, morning by morning, it says, I believe in Isaiah, morning by morning, he awakens me to hear, all right? And it talks about a daily, this progressive thing where you're getting more and more in tune with God, amen. So you can hear God. Amen. And if you think right now, well, I struggle with that, well, then settle down, get still, amen, and, and just dial in, amen. Don't let the busyness of the day, you know, cause you to, uh, again, get so wrapped up in everything else that you miss what God is trying to say to you. Most of the time, it's just settle down and let God talk, amen, and listen, amen, and then follow it, praise God. Okay, a lot said there, but Let's go back now to chapter 9 again in the book of Acts, all right? Acts 9. This time I'm going to go to verse 7, okay? Verse 7. We read it, but let's read it again. It says this, And the men who journeyed with him, this is that whole scenario again, 
stood speechless. Why? Because they heard a voice. See, they heard a voice, but they saw no one. Okay? So the first thing I want to bring out that the way that God communicated with Saul was with an audible voice. Now, you know as well as I do, an audible voice is probably the, probably the, the, the fewest that you're, I mean, that, that's probably the least and the fewest. I mean, you probably, most people are never going to hear an audible voice, okay? But it does happen. Okay, now I will tell you this, and probably many of you uh, can relate to this. There have been times when God spoke to me, I almost thought it was audible. It was that, it, it was that clear and that loud. I kind of looked around thinking I did hear something you know, uh, audibly. But in all honesty, it was the inward witness. But I'm just telling you that God does speak audibly. All right, we see the, 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 we see the first one here where God did speak audibly. And obviously, it wasn't just Paul that heard. That's why we can say it was a true audible voice because there were others there that heard it, all right? They didn't understand. They didn't know. They didn't see anyone, but they heard it, all right? And the scriptures bring out, let me give you some references on that. In Matthew, um, Matthew 3 and 17, we see where the Lord spoke, you know, when Jesus came out of the water, being water baptized, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him, amen. So there, God spoke, all right? We also see in Matthew 17 and verse 5, amen, on the Mount of, of Transfiguration, where he spoke again, all right? But this is my son, you know, listen up now, all right? So he spoke, all right? So there are times when God will speak. We also have a reference in Scripture in John chapter 12, all right? I hope you're writing these things down. I know we don't have time to say to go turn to them all, but in John uh, chapter 12 and verse 28 through 30, we see where uh, God spoke. Amen. The word said a voice came from heaven. God spoke, but everybody around, see, they heard something. They just didn't know what it was. So some people thought that they heard thunder. Some people thought maybe it was an angel of the Lord, okay, that spoke to him or something. But Jesus knew that it was the voice of the Father. Amen. So there's actually a sermon wrapped around that. You know, because some people just, God's talking, it's just it's just like some, you know, just, uh, it must have been thunder, you know, and some people, maybe they could be off spiritually. They think, well, maybe an angel of the Lord is blah, 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 whatever. I mean, we could make that into a whole sermon. But the point is, all right, uh, some people uh, thought it was thunder, some thought it was an angel, but Jesus knew exactly who it was. Now, my point with all of this is there are times when there is an audible voice. We can't deny that. Now, again, it may be few and far between, all right? Most Christians probably will never hear an audible voice, okay? That's just the facts, all right? But to say that God wouldn't do that would be a lie. God does do that, praise God. So the first way that we see that God communicated with Saul was with an audible voice, all right? And obviously, he answered, right? Anyway, so praise God. That's the first way. Uh, that God uh, used the Spirit of God to speak to him or whatever. All right, so let's go to chapter 13. All right, I got to keep moving here. Praise God. I hope I'm not boring you today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. John, or probably Acts 13. Here we go. Let's go to verse, uh, let's see, I got it wrote down in my notes, verse 1. It says, Now in the church uh, that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. All right, so hang on to that. Uh, Barnabas, uh, uh, Simeon, and uh, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius uh, of Cyrene, 
uh, Manon, uh, who had been uh, brought up with Herod, uh, the Tetrarch, and Saul, all right? And they ministered to the Lord and fasted, praise God. The Holy Spirit, here we go, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. Now, obviously, the Spirit of God was talking to who? Talking to the leaders here. All right? And then the leaders then, okay, anointed or laid hands on and anointed uh, uh, Paul and uh, Barnabas, praise God, for what they were called to do. Now, the second way that I'm going to bring out here, which is probably one of the most common ways that we as believers get led, and that is through the leadership that God has ordained uh, to put in our lives. Uh, leaders that are put in our life for a reason, to help us, steer us, direct us. Amen. That don't mean that's the only way, and that don't mean even necessarily that they're always 100% accurate. But what it does mean is these are ways that God leads. Amen. God puts leaders in our path to help us, to steer us, praise God. And I have been grateful for the leaders in my life. Amen. That have helped me and directed me. Sometimes, you know, have shown me things. I was going off this way, and then they realized, wait a minute, you know, that's not right. Bump, brings you back, kind of lassoed you and bring you back. Amen. Amen. So we're praise God for leaders. So let me uh let me uh bring some references here. If, even if you if you go back even into Acts 9, we see references of um here were uh verse 6. And let's see, no, I want to go verse, let's get down here a little further here. Um, talking about here where Ananias was led, all right? So we see here uh, where Ananias was led by God to then go connect with, um, with Saul, amen. In fact, I don't know if I want to read all this. I might read some of this a little bit later here. But he was told by God to go talk to Saul, amen, to minister to Saul, amen. We see in Acts, let's go to like verse 17, and it said, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, amen, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. And, you know, anyway, the point is that uh, he was led, amen, to go communicate to Saul. All right. Um, also, in, uh, I want to say, uh, in Ephesians 4, another reference. This is kind of a common reference when you start talking about church leadership. Amen. And this, again, is a whole sermon by itself. But we see where the gifts of the Lord, amen, He gave some to be apostles, prophets. I'm in Ephesians 4 and verse 11. It says that He gave some to be apostles, prophets, probably apostles, prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, praise God, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of, of the body of Christ. And it goes on, amen, and on, and down to like verse 16. So I, I recommend you go back and read that. But the bottom line is this, okay, God uses leaders in our lives. He uses the fivefold ministry, amen, in our lives, praise God. Amen, the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, amen. That's the fivefold, amen, or what we refer to as the fivefold. But there are other times. It could be leaders of departments. It could be ones that elders in our church. Uh, it could be deacons uh, that are uh, set up to do certain tasks in the church that, that head up certain things in our ministries, amen, that are leaders. It could be, you know, all kinds, there are all kinds of leaders that God places in our life, amen, that God uses to help us, to lead us, to direct us, praise God. Again, not the only way, 
but it is a way that God used, amen, to lead uh, Brother Saul, praise God, or Paul, I should say. All right, let's go back to Acts 13. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like I'm talking 100 mile an hour, so I apologize for those of you taking notes here. But uh, let's go back to chapter 13, and this time up to like verse 8. All right. Uh, but Elamus, uh, the sorcerer, uh, for so his name is translated, uh, withstood them, uh, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, here we go, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. Okay, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, uh, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Now this is that uh, Elimus, okay? I believe that's how it's pronounced. But anyway, the bottom line is he was filled with the Spirit. This is, this is Saul now, or Paul, right, who is filled with the Spirit, looked intently. So what does that mean? Well, it means to set the eyes on, to fasten or to attach, uh, uh, to behold something, I guess is what it means. But it means seeing by the Spirit. Okay, so obviously he's filled the Spirit and he saw something. He's seeing by the Spirit. Okay, and it, means, it refers to with a keen knowing or a keen awareness of something. Okay, now there's other references about this. If you go to chapter 14 in verse 8, and uh, let me read, I don't know, maybe few verses here anyway. It says, uh, and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, right? And Paul, here we go, observing him intently and seeing. See, it's saying the same thing here. And seeing they had faith to be healed. Well, how, how, he saw something. See, he's seeing something by the Spirit. With that sorcerer, he saw the same thing, but that was on a negative side, obviously. But this one, he sees a man who has faith now to be healed. Okay, so he's seeing something by the Spirit. Okay, and he said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked, praise God. But how did that happen? It came through a leading of God. God showed him something, amen. He saw something or, in other words, beheld something by the Spirit. In other words, seeing by the Spirit. Amen. That's what I'm going to call that one. Amen. John 5, uh, we, we see again, and I think I used it before as a reference, but it's one I use a lot. But Jesus, I'm talking about the Lord, He said the Son can do nothing of Himself, right? But what He sees the Father do, that's what He does. Okay, this is John 5 and 19, all right? A lot of references there in the Gospel of John about Jesus. He said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. That's something he says quite often because that's the key to ministry, all right? So he, he hears things, he sees things. So that's one of the things. Amen. How did that happen? Well, he saw, he saw things by the Spirit. That's exactly what happened here for Paul. He saw things by the Spirit. How do you deal with that guy with a devil? Amen. He saw something by the Spirit. How to deal with it? He dealt with it, praise God. That's why we submit to God and then resist the enemy. You first get your leading from God, and that's what he did. He got his leading from God. Also, with the guy that got healed, he saw by the Spirit this man had faith to be healed. And as a result of it, ministered to him. The man gets up, 
walking, leaping, praise God, amen. It was all awesome stuff. But you know, a lot of people sometimes maybe just see something and jump on it and say, well, uh, you know, they say, well, it happened here, so I'm going to do that. Well, see, sometimes we're not really being led. And I'm just telling you now, I'm not encouraging you to get out and pray for everybody. I ain't, well, please, please hear this right. But I'm telling you, things work better when you're led by the Spirit. Okay, things work better when you submit yourself to God. Amen. In other words, you, you connect with God, and now you let Him by the Spirit of God begin to lead you in things. You'll find your ministry, your walk in God, whatever it is, wherever you're at with your, your, uh, your life in God, wherever you're at, you'll find that it works better when you're being led. I'm just, 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 just letting you know that. Amen. Ministry works a hundred times better when you're being led with everything instead of just following the normal protocol and everything all the time. Amen. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against uh, you know, some of the things you do and the protocol that you do. That's all wonderful, especially if it was God-led stuff. But I've found that every day, amen, being led, amen, is a key. That's why Jesus, you know, he could, he could go into the pool of Bethesda, amen. He ministered to one man, even though that whole uh, perimeter of that pool was surrounded by sick people. He go in, he ministered to one if that one gets healed, he walks back out. You think, what? And yet there were times when he walked into an area and the word said all were healed. But that wasn't everywhere. There were times, amen, where he, he would take, spit on the ground, roll a mud ball and smear it in a guy's eye, tell him to go wash somewhere, and he'd go and he'd be healed. And there were times he'd just lay hands on him and he'd be healed. He didn't do it the same every time, all right? And the reason being he was led on how he did it. Amen. So this is why we're talking about these things. Amen. So this one here, we're talking about be, talking about seeing by the Spirit. Amen. Being seeing something by the Spirit. Amen. And I'm not, I, I touch my eye as a point of contact, not because you're necessarily going to see it with this eye, but amen. You see something by the Spirit. Praise God. Amen. So we talked about an audible voice. We talked about uh, being led by leadership and authorities and ministry gifts. We talked about seeing by the Spirit. Now we're in the book of Acts. Let's go to chapter 16. Let's look at another one. In verse 6 and 7 of uh, chapter 16. And what we got here is Paul and Silas, okay? And I believe Timothy is at this time now is connecting with them, okay? But let's go to verse, um, yeah, verse 6 and verse 7. This one here, I... I I mean, I, I get pretty amazed by this text, uh, but he says, verse six, and when they had gone through uh, um, Phygia, okay, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. They were forbidden, okay? That, that's amazing. Now, you know, uh, you would think that, that the Spirit of God never stops somebody to go from ministering, amen? But we're talking about being led. You want to know why some people aren't so successful in their ministry? They're not being led in their, their ministry. Anyway, that's a, anyway, praise the Lord. Verse 7, after they had come to uh, Mysia, uh, they tried to go into Bethania, and, but the Spirit, here we go, did not permit them. So in both places here, we're seeing the Spirit of God did not permit them. Now, what was it that, that happened there? How did that happen? Because we don't really see, you know, it just says that the Spirit would not permit them. So what it was, we're talking about now what the Scripture refers to as promptings, biddings by the Spirit, okay? So you can maybe write that down. Holy Spirit promptings or biddings 
It's that same basic reference that we used in Romans 8 about bearing witness. You know, your spirit, or, you know, his spirit bearing witness with your spirit. See, it's his spirit connecting with yours. It's bearing witness. It literally means to testify jointly or to confirm things, okay? And that again, you know, we, we use that reference in uh, Romans 8, and I think it's like around verse 16 there. Now, the point is, is that's one of the ways that God talks and communicates by a prompting. Okay, in it's his spirit bearing witness with our spirit. In this particular case, he told him, listen, don't go that way. So, you know, Paul just, you know, shifted the direction he was going to go. Then he said, let's head this way then. The spirit of God said, don't go that way. All right. So there's another prompting. Now, of course, the story ain't over. We'll get back to it here in a second. But another reference that we have uh, would be a good one here is in John 15. And maybe I'll turn to that one. John 15. Hope you're getting something today. Just different ways the Spirit of God leads His people, praise God. John 15, and I'm going to read verse 26 and 27. And it just says this, um, uh, John 15 and 26. And when the Helper comes, whom I shall send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will, here we go, testify of me. That literally just means bear witness again, bring confirmation to testify or to bear witness. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. That's just another way that the Spirit of God communicates, okay? That God uses to lead by bearing witness, all right? And that probably is one of those, probably the majority of the time, that's kind of what, what people, how we get led by, you know? But that's why a lot of times, too, People struggle with that one a little bit because was that God? Was that me? Was that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times you get a little struggle with that, but that is one of the ways that God leads. Now back to the uh, reference that we're reading out of Acts 16. And let's take on from, from where we left off. Verse 8 this time. And so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas and a vision, here we go. So in other words, don't go this way. So he shifts, don't go that way. He gets a bidding. He gets a prompting. He bears witness, right? Amen. He gets that leading, right? And then, so then what do you do? So all of a sudden, Spirit of God, you know, now tells him by, here it says, a vision, amen, and a vision appeared to Paul, here we go, at night or in the night, a man from Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, including, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So isn't that awesome? Amen. So not, don't go this way, Paul. Don't go this way. But he gave him a vision. Now, what, this is where I want you to be. This is where I want you to go. That's pretty cool, right? Now, this is a night vision. It's just another way. Not the only way, but it's another way that God uses to lead his people. All right? So a night vision, which just literally means an, in, to be inspired. Or lead, literally means, this word vision means an inspired appearance. And this one refers to it by dream. Okay? So by night, it's referring to it by a dream. Okay, so we're talking about a inspired appearance, amen, in a dream. All right, now just hang on now. Uh, we go to chapter 18, and we'll see another one here. Chapter 18, verse 9 this time. 18 and 9. Remember, we're talking about a night vision, okay? So he, he leads you by, he's leading by a dream. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you had dreams. Now listen, not every dream is a leading from God. I'm going to toss that out as the pastor here. I'm just letting you know. Okay, Sometimes it's just a pizza dream. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just, you know, you just, 
got indigestion, man, and you got all kinds of squirrely stuff going on. I'm just telling you, all right? But this was clarity, confirmed some things, amen. I'm not to go here, I'm not to go here. Which way, I, I, I guarantee you, Paul said, all right, you don't want me to go here, you don't want me to go there, where do you want me to go? So that night he has a dream of a person from Macedonia saying, come here, all right? Anyway, so anyway, chapter 18 now, verse, verse 9, let's see, make sure I get here down with my notes here. Okay. Uh, yes, verse 9. It said this, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the, in the night by a vision again. Here we go. Do not, keep, do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you uh, to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. goes on to say, in verse 11, And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. You notice that by a night, amen, by a night, vision, a dream of the Lord, amen, determined, listen, determined a year and a half. He, a year and a half of his life was determined by, by, by a, a dream, a, a vision at night, amen, that determined eight, or, or, um, would be yeah, 18 months, amen, of your life by, by a leading, amen. It just, to me, it's just, it's phenomenal. And, and just for whatever it's worth, too, I'm going to toss this out. I think it's a good thing. Some people are out here looking at where to go, where to go, what to do, what to do, what to do, what am I doing? Oh, my God, what am I, what am I, you got all these question marks. Maybe we need to stay with what he told us the last time. Amen. Because sometimes what it is, you know, if he ain't saying anything, amen, like here, we don't have any reference for the next 18 months of God telling him to do anything different. So he stays there where he's at, finishes the job. Amen. So I'm just telling you, sometimes we're out here looking for, some leading when the Spirit of God's already told you what to do. All right, it's just a thought. Anyway, hang on to that. All right, so a night vision. All right, let's, let's look at another way of doing this, real similar, but this one's a day vision. Let's look at chapter 22, please, of Acts 22. And we're going to go, let's see here, uh, verse 17, chapter 22, verse 17 now. It says, now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance, okay, which refers to a day vision, okay, and, he, and saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will receive your testimony, uh, uh, for they will not, pardon me, receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you, all <laughs> right? I like this. Now, just for whatever it's worth again, he said this, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. I mean, there God's letting you know, listen, dude, you stay here, you're going to die young. Now, let's just, just hang on to this because just another little thing, the pastor talking to you here, okay, I'm just saying, a lot of people go out and do things they got no business doing, Okay, they maybe they got the, you know, whatever. They think, well, everybody's doing this, so I need to do this. And then come to find out and nothing's working out for you. Okay, it could be you weren't led to do it. In this particular case, he's saying, listen, you stick around here, you're going to die. You need to get your fanny on out of here. Amen. Head on out. Amen. Because I got more things for you to do. See, it pays to follow God. Amen. Not everything that, you know, that, that everybody's doing and stuff is necessarily led by God. And sometimes that explains some situations, okay? And I could, I could just about, you know, preach you a dozen things that just 
just concerning that where people said, I, I'm supposed to go do this, and they weren't led to do it, and all hell broke loose. And then they want to blame God. How come God forsook them? How come God turned His back on them? God never led you to go do that. You just went and did it because you wanted to do it. Now, come on now. Anyway, praise God. So a day vision, a trance, which literally means a displacement. Listen now, this is what this word trance means. A displacement of the mind or to be beside self. Okay? In other words, it's a day vision. Now, just even just, just last night was listening to a brother testify of his life. Um, and brother uh, Rick Renner, um, you know, good man of God, uh, right now got a glorious ministry worldwide, but he's, you know, right now based out of, uh, uh, out of Russia. And most of you probably know Rick Renner or know of Rick Renner. And uh, he was testifying about some things in his life. And he had talked about a couple of times uh, in his testimony that, uh, you know, one time he was in at Red Square and he was looking at a, uh, 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 I believe a statue of Lenin, and he he was looking at that, and the, and and he he said that all of a sudden he's sitting there looking at this thing, and all of a sudden he wasn't there. All of a sudden he was he was what's this? What how's this defined? A displacement of the mind, or to be beside self? All of a sudden he was he saw something else. It was like he was somewhere else, but he wasn't. Physically he was in the same spot. His eyes are still physically focused on this on this statue that he's looking at, but he went into a trance or went into a display, like he almost stepped out of himself for a second and saw what God was going to use him to do right there in that location there in Russia. All right. Phenomenal testimony. And then all of a sudden in a matter of, you know, whatever it was, a a minute later or less, he's right back where he was. Now we see testimony of that in the scriptures, this being one of them, okay, here in in chapter uh, uh, 22 here. But we also see reference of that, as I mentioned earlier with Ananias, when that whole deal with, with, uh, he was sent to go talk to or minister to Paul, okay, after he had that road to Damascus experience. So that's in chapter 9, verses 10 and 11 and 12, you see where uh, the vision, amen, where we see he had a vision to go minister to Paul. We also see where Paul, again, also saw a man, amen, coming, amen, by the name of Ananias, coming to lay hands on him. So they both saw, amen, a a day vision. Come on now. They both saw something during the day, but saw it, amen, by the Spirit, amen, to go and connect, amen. All right, anyway, also in Acts 10, we say where Peter, amen, when he was called to go uh, minister uh, to the uh, the family there, uh, you know, the uh, Gentile family, amen. He had a little struggle with it, but through a day vision, come on, or a trance, God showed him something, amen. Again, that's out of Acts 10, verses 9 through 16. Go back later, you can read that. Again, another way that God used to minister, amen, to his people, praise God. So let's take a quick, quick look at some of these again. An audible voice leadership and authority and ministries, uh, ministry gifts. We see seeing by the Spirit. We see Holy Spirit promptings or bearing witness. We see uh, a night vision or by dream or a day vision, in other words, by trance, right? So these are different ways, amen, that the Spirit of God used to lead. Let's look at a couple more here. We're in Acts 23 now. 
Acts 23. Hope you're, hope you're hearing this. Praise the Lord. Acts 23 and verse 11, it says this, But the following night the Lord stood by me and said, here we go. So this was a visual manifestation. Okay, it's another way. It happened. Okay, few and far between in some ways, uh, like to this magnitude. But I'll explain it here in a minute. But the Lord uh, stood by him. Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness in Rome. In other words, giving him a lead. Listen, you got work to do in Rome. But anyway, he, by a, a visual manifestation. Now, uh, just let me give some examples of that. When, when Paul was first, uh, had that road to Damascus, the light shone. What is that? That's a visual manifestation. Everybody there saw it. There was no, no denying it, okay? Here we see the Lord stood by him. There, praise God, it was a light, okay, that shone. Uh, we also see um, an angel of the Lord. If you go back into uh, chapter 27 of the book of Acts, we see where an angel of the Lord stands next to him and speaks to him, okay? And we see multiple references to that in the book of Acts and other places where a, a, a visual manifestation of an angel manifesting, amen, to talk or communicate to his people, to lead them or give them instruction or encourage them to do this or do that, whatever, okay? The point is, that's another way that God uses, okay? He does use visual manifestations, all right? All right, okay, and that literally just, just refers to seeing the unseen with the physical eye, okay? That's maybe another way of saying it, seeing the unseen with the physical eye. All right, and that's what happened here in chapter 23. Let's go now. That's another way. Okay, I didn't spend a lot on that one just for sake of time. But chapter 27, now let's go to chapter 27 of the book of Acts. All right, chapter 27, verse, um, verse 9. says, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because uh, the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster. I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only to the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman uh, and the owner of the ship than the things spoken uh, by Paul. Uh, and obviously that cost him. Uh, you know that, we all know that, praise God, by the story here. Okay, but this here, he said, I perceive. Okay, I perceive. So it's talking about an inward perception. Okay, we also kind of see that in references like when, when Paul was in Athens, which I believe that's like back in chapter 16 or 17, I believe. I believe it's 17, chapter 17. I can't give you the exact reference, but you can go back and look at that. But he had a he perceived something, okay, which again is talking about an inward perception, but it deals more in the area of discernment or a peace. Okay, a peace having a peace or a discernment, okay? Okay, so an in, I just, I'm going to call it an inward perception because it uses the word to perceive, all right? And if you look it up, it even refers to discernment, but it's referring to an inward perception. Let me give you some references. The book of Colossians, uh, chapter 3, verse 15, talks about letting the peace of God rule in your heart. Literally means to govern, to lead. It even sometimes even like kind of refers to like a like an umpire almost. In fact, a lot of times when I'm in, in question about what to do about something, I might uh, kind of use this 
And what I'll do sometimes is I will say something out loud. I'm going to go do this. And a lot of times what you, you can discern on the inside, there's that little jump in the spirit, a uh, little scratchy feeling or you that, that leap uh, in the spirit. And what it is, is that peace of God. You're letting the peace of God govern. So a lot of times you'll say something and then you kind of already know inside. You get that scratchy feeling like, eh, that's not right. Okay. Uh, in fact, I just had something yesterday I was doing and, and I'm moving along with it. And I just kind of had this thing on the inside. It's like, man, something ain't right. And I just knew in my heart, it was an inward perception, amen, that I need to just stop what I'm doing and forget about it and deal with it later. And I'm glad I did, amen. But it was, it was an inward perception, all right? And many of you know what I'm talking about. Many of you, uh, this is a way that God does communicate with you, by the peace of God, amen, by a, by a discernment, an inward perception, amen. Philippians 4 and 7, another reference, says that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. What's he talking about? Literally, you're going along, and the peace of God's there, amen, to help you along, keep your head right, uh, keep your heart right, keep your mouth right. I mean, come on. That's what it's about, praise the Lord, an inward perception. Another reference I like to use is in John 14. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now as the world gives, do I give you? And so he's talking again. The peace of God is there, amen, a discernment for you to live by, amen. The Spirit of God sometimes will use an inward witness or the peace or discernment of God, amen, there to help you uh, in decision-making, praise God. So let's go over some of these again real quick, real quick, all right, for sake of time. The audible voice, he'll use uh, the voice of God, the audible voice, Uh, use leaders and authorities in your life, ministry gifts. He'll use, uh, uh, cause you to see by the Spirit. Talks about Holy Spirit promptings or bearing witness. Okay, a night vision, amen, a dream, a, a day vision or a trance, amen, a visual manifestation, something you're going to see. You're going to see something unseen by the seen realm, okay, or an inward perception. The last one we talked about, in other words, a discernment or a peace, amen, uh, uh, on the inside. Praise God, amen. Now, the idea of all of this today is just to give you different ways. Again, as I said earlier, these are not all the ways that God can lead you, but but boy, there's a lot of them right there. I mean, there's, I think, at least eight of them, maybe nine of them there that I gave you that God used just uh, for Paul in the book of Acts, all right? So anyway, I hope you got something. Father, we give praise and glory once again. Thank you for an ear that heard, a heart that received. Again, thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding bring in some clarity, some things that we can know these things, get a hold of these things and live by these things. Father, thank you for a people who hear your voice, who know your voice, who follow your voice. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.